<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. draft Jamar Chase up in here, up in here. We might draft Kyle Pitts up in here, up in here. We might even trade the pick up in here, up in here. And welcome back to Fuck You, We We Like like the the Bengals. Bengals. That was fun. I'm your host, Woods Giggly over there. I'm your host, Alex Schubert, sitting across from me after a little uh, month absence. Lloyd Johnson. My dude, how are you? Ah, uh, you know, getting by. Getting by, same old, same old at the zoo constantly. Yup. Anything change? Um, got a pregnant sloth. You didn't do it, did you? <clears throat> that is a rude question to ask. <laughs> For really, did you do it? I mean, we do have a lot of the same habits, but no. <laughs> I, I don't believe anything I've done with that sloth would wind up with it being pregnant. Okay, thank God. Oh, man. Is that just the pregnant sloth? You haven't made any cakes for the sloth at all? No, I haven't really been doing a lot of that with the COVID and everything. The least amount of contact I have back and forth with other stuff. Yeah. I'm a little different in that regard because I had my first DJ shift in over... At a bar at Milano's up in Dayton. It was my first shift in over a year there. Where... I worked for 19 hours straight. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) I don't blame you. It was tough in retrospect. Yeah, that sounds fucking terrible. It was, I mean, it was fun, but like, it was like, there were parts of it that were fun, but like, by the end, I was just like, I sat for like a grand total of 15 minutes. Yeah, fuck that. Again, there were fun parts of it, but I, I also brought this up to Lloyd before the podcast. I did the dumbest thing I've ever done as a DJ. What, signing up to be a DJ? Okay, the second dumbest thing I've ever done, done as a DJ. <laughs> so, I thought I'm whispering in Lloyd's ear. I just, want, I just want to see Lloyd's reaction to the dumbest thing I've ever done as a DJ. So, what I did, because of COVID, I can't have people come up to me and send me song requests. That was, like, strictly against the rules of, do you know where this is going? Did you give everybody your number to text you? I may or may not have put it on a poster board and put it in. <laughs> God damn it, Alex. <laughs> There's sometimes I just, I don't, 
Like, I want to tell you why it's wrong, but I also want things like that to keep happening to you because it's hilarious. Like, I feel like that's one of those things, like, in the future, maybe just shoot me a text. Like, you think this would be cool? And I'll be like, absolutely not. Do not do that, Alex. That's... Okay, so, I, like, as I registered for a phone number on a website called Request Now, where I got a phone number for 24 hours, and I got, like, it would, like, link me to a website where I would get, I would get, like, song requests through that phone number. But that phone number didn't activate until 10 a.m. I started at 6 a.m. So I'm like, screw it, just send it to my regular number until 10 a.m. And it took me about 30 seconds to realize what I had done. I got probably 30 texts within two minutes. All right, so next time, think when you're making decisions like that, think, what would Lloyd do if he was here? <laughs> so that's me. Lloyd whatever. would tell me to pack up my shit and go the fuck oh, home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying if I was just a guest there. I don't know what the event was or whatever. Let's just say I was there. It was Bluebeard Day at Milano's. It's my favorite. It's my right. place. But if... If you're going to be somewhere where I can be drinking and I have your phone number, I'm going to be texting you the most unacceptable shit. <laughs> like, you're going to see a lot of prolapsed anuses in a very quick succession. <laughs> if they're yours, I swear to God. I mean, maybe. <laughs> so, yes, did I not say it was the dumbest thing I've ever done as a DJ? That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, and it includes asking girls out that I had no business trying to get with. But this topped every single one of them tenfold. That sounds like a really, really bad idea. It was an awful idea. And I, like, literally 30 seconds in, I'm like, this was not one of my smarter calls. I thought I was doing a good thing, but then I was just like... And I'm, like, texting people back and forth, and people keep texting me shit, so I'm like... It's, isn't stopping. It got to the point where I literally had to take down the poster and like hide the poster. I'm like, okay, thank God things have calmed down. Yeah, that, um, <clears throat> if I was at a bar and the DJ or trivia host, whatever, if I had their number while they were working, <laughs> I'm for sure gonna fuck with them. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no chance I'm not. <laughs> I know that now. Like, I would for sure be taking pictures in the bathroom. Of like, <laughs> I, I would I would find a combination of drinks that made me have to shit. <laughs> and you would, get a, you would get a whole video of just... This between the legs ball bag on the edge of the fucking screen. <laughs> like, especially if I... No, no offense, if I came in and I saw you DJing... Oh, I, I, no offense taken. I'd be like, oh yeah, for sure. Like, this no seems like a sweet, this seems like a sweet, happy guy. I can't stand a sweet, happy person existing around me. I have, <laughs> I have to try to destroy that. Yeah, it, it's kind of what you do every episode. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of what I do all day, every day. I, yeah, just I, destroying <laughs> the souls out of happy people. Like we get interns at the zoo or whatever, and they come in like, oh, this is my lifelong dream, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have fun. <laughs> Oh, how much fun did you have with Wycuff? <clears throat> well, he was security, so I didn't... Wycuff as security. Again. I, it, it was kind of one of those ones where it's like, it did it itself, so you don't need to... Like, you didn't need to fuck with him, because he was... Just the nicest, sweetest, 
tiny little dude you have, you've ever met any security and I'm like well I mean I imagine how I would be if that guy came up to me and told me I had to do something <laughs> just like Blake Shelton told you like hey oh in my defense I know who he was I didn't... and then Blake was it Blake at that point like no no one doesn't know who I am he seemed to react as if he seemed stunned that I Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I was talking to him the way I was. To me, he's just some dude who wandered into the area, and I'm like, how the fuck did he get through that locked door? So I come in, already, like, everybody's running around doing a bunch of stuff, so I'm doing more work than normal, and I walk in, there's just some dude in a flannel shirt and fucking bedazzled boots, standing back there looking at animals and i'm like nope for sure no like i already if you dress anything like a cowboy understand we're probably gonna have a confrontation if we have to speak here's the sad part i could like kind of picture you in a cowboy outfit i could i can get that like my dad kind of looked like a cowboy sometimes and i would you've got the beard you've got the hair yeah I i would give him shit and he was terrifying like, he scared me when he was in hospice care. Like. <laughs> oh, my God. But. Like I said, that's one of the things I've always, know, I've always known about myself. Like, if I were to win a lottery, I'd travel for six months. I'd go see all the shit I want to see. And then I know me too well. I would end up doing some dumb shit. Like, I'd be flying over fucking Texas in a helicopter <laughs> Just flinging thumbtacks out the fucking side at people wearing cowboy hats. <laughs> like, you don't get to get in a truck. Like, the Tom Segura bit. He's like, if you wear a cowboy hat, you don't get to think of a plane. Like, San Francisco sure is a nice city. Okay, I'll see you there in six months when you get there on your fucking horse. <laughs> like, I am very much the same. I, he gave, a, he gave a, a, a direction to the way I felt about that my whole life. But I'm that way with certain things in general. I mean, you should have thrown thumbtacks on people who were giving out their phone numbers to try and get song requests from people at a, at a bar with... You don't hurt people that are already hurting themselves. You just <laughs> join... You just... You just compound their mistake. Yes, like 10 minutes... Like, like <clears throat> two minutes in and 30 texts later, I'm like, oh, I did this to myself. I did this entirely to myself. Bayside song comes to mind. <laughs> Oh my god. Pound my knuckles hard against the floor. My head against the wall. I did this to myself. I, d- I did it entirely to myself. 
and I deserve everything I, bad that happens to me. I I remember watching a friend of mine in front of a crowd say his address <laughs> in a high school speech, and I was just sitting there like, "Why, dude?" Like he was already kind of like picked on a was bit. He, yeah. Like he wasn't like, I, I, I'm assuming he wasn't the most popular kid. Not at all. He was he was kind of like a dude that me and him were kind of friends because everyone picked on him. Okay. And I'm not. I can't watch. I'll fuck with somebody, but like I am very aware of like when I push the limits. Like if I think I upset you with something, I'll usually afterwards address it like, hey, you know, I was, I was just fucking around. Like, like when you say, so when are you gonna let Alex smash? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't, didn't say it. Proud of you. But, oh, God damn, <laughs> I wanted to so bad. Um, but yeah, like, this kid, he was just, like, in part of his speech. He's like, growing up at blah, 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 you had to learn. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. And literally, for the next, like, six weeks, it was trees, toilet paper, house, <laughs> house was egged. They fucking put weed killer all over the fucking lawn. Oh, like people did this to him? Yes. They didn't have school address books back then? No, I guess not. Well, I mean, but it was as soon as he said it, everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's like a block from here. <laughs> like it was close. Oh, God. That's so goddamn funny. And I just, I remember like as he said it, I was just like, oh, God damn it. And then afterwards he was like, came back like that nod of approval like i did good in my speech right and i'm like <laughs> that same look you all you're like you're like oh, uh as soon as you see it on my face you know like oh i just fucked up i don't know what i did <laughs> he walked up and he's like oh i did pretty good on that and i just had that look and he was like uh what what and i was like you just gave a bunch of vocational school savages your home address <laughs> you know all the people that fuck with you all the time you just told them where you live, and it's real close. It's like a block from where we're standing. You think they're not going to fuck with your house on the way home? And he was like, oh, man, my dad's going to be so fucking pissed. Because his dad was like a real dickhead, which is why he was kind of like shell-shocked and nervous around people and shit. And literally, like I said, it was like six weeks of just toilet paper in the trees, eggs on the he house. He didn't think to like call like a truce or like... He, with who? It was everyone. It was, it was like in vocational school, like he was in the electric program with me. Okay. But we had like a, I put it in quotation marks, like a rivalry with like the, the construction tech guys and like the body shop guys. Like there was just like a, Hey, our group's better. Yeah. And vocational school is different than high school. It's people who didn't stay in high school for the yep. last two years. I think my school just had a thing called, like, Live Oaks or something like that. Oh, well, yeah, like Live Oaks stuff. was... I went to Diamond Oaks. Okay. So I had all the credits I needed to graduate after in the 10th grade, and they were like, oh, you can take Calculus 2 and fucking French and Sign Language 4 and six study halls, and I'm like, I think I'll go do something different, because they wouldn't let me graduate. I don't... There's some weird thing about how long you'd been in the school system. Yeah. Like, when I transferred up here, I guess something wasn't right. But I had all the credits, but I wasn't eligible to graduate that early. So I went to vocational school the last two years just like, if I have to go to school, I don't need Calculus 2 in my life. Yeah. I I don't need Sign Language 4 in my life. 
Like, it's just not, they weren't things that mattered to me. No, they weren't. Or weren't going to help me with anything. I'm like, can I get college credits for some of these No. No. All right, well, then I'm going to vocational school. Because, like, then I can learn to do something. Applicable. Yeah, some, something I can earn money with. Yeah. You know, at that point, I knew Pizza Hut and selling drugs. Like, <laughs> Man, I bet you, like, made a lot of money from those jobs. I did. Do you think you can make more, like, like betting on, like, sports and stuff like that? I wish I'd been able to bet on sports then. And if if, if there was, like, did, were there websites back when you went to school? Okay, Not really. I, yeah. No. I, I realized really I, like, legal. sounded like kind of an asshole. No, it really, it, but it's a reasonable point. Yeah, it was, like, really dial-up, so. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> it just, it wasn't quite legal as it is now to do. Yeah. But if there was a website you could go to to, like... I really wish Bet Online had existed back then. Me too, man. Yeah, because it's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. I'm kind of all about that right now. Fucking woo. I'm also playing baseball this year, so... Softball. Baseball. Really? Yeah. All right. Baseball. I see you. BetOnline.ag has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their playoff to prepare to make their runs for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, Bet Online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, Bet Online has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. Bet online has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website and you or use your mobile device and bring home the games with Bet online. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Man. We talk a lot about sports on this podcast, don't we, man? It is a sports podcast. It is a sports podcast, and for good reason, because we both love the Bengals. Yep. And we, we were talking about the Penny Sewell versus Jamar Chase versus Kyle Pitts debate. Your take kind of surprised me a little bit, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But I think there's like a – we were talking about like an app like before, like like an app that you could use to like talk about like sports, like an iPhone app or something like that. Is there like a what's like what's your go to? <clears throat> Is there like an app you would use to like? Uh, Nico, uh, I think there's one I heard of called Locker Room. Locker Room sounds really good. No, lo- Locker Room is absolutely fantastic. It's live and audio only sports. It's a live and audio only sports talk platform. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, do you think it costs money to use? I would think it have to, right? No, it actually doesn't. It's well, free to download and use. You can talk to me. That's even better. Yeah, you can talk to me. You can talk to other fans like Lloyd. You can talk to people in the like, and like I'm flailing my arms like a fucking dipshit. You can talk to several people that are like Bengals fans. You can talk to people that are Reds fans if you're a Reds fan. Have you even seen that there's uh, supposedly some of the like the local people that have uh, news? Yeah, like Bengals. Um, New Nasty Boys, our friends over there, I think, have one. And you can talk to insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, all that fun stuff. You can even share your own experiences on the app. Um, 
Yeah, because um, you can start to join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. You can talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the Fuck You, We Like the Bengals group that will be created once this episode is released. Yeah, yeah. Follow me at, uh, I will um, release an, uh, uh, um, a page name shortly after this, probably F-U-W-L-T Bengals. Follow me at F-U-W-L-T Bengals to be notified when my room goes live. We'll be joining, we'll be going live on Locker Room. Uh, you want to do draft day? Mm-hmm. Let's do something draft day. I think I have something planned with um, my friend Danny Samet, who um, I think we're we might be doing something for the for the draft Thursday night. Uh, second round, what do you want to do? You want to do anything for second round? Um, we can do. We can either do a, a live thing on a chat on there, or Let's we can do, do a it. podcast. We'll we figure it out because I don't. Neither of us have iPhones, so we'll. Wow, what a what a pitch! Hey, an iPhone app? We don't have iPhones, so you're fucked. But we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. It's going to be exciting. So uh, join our locker room thing. Also, uh, I want to say um, we are no longer um, – it's not that we're not with Armchair Media anymore, but they have uh, since kind of changed. They've rebranded a little bit. The company is called Sports, Sports Drink. Drink. Sports like Drink. It. Yeah, it's a cool little thing we're doing. Um, so, yeah, we're, we are now known as Sports Drink. It's gonna, we're, find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. I think there might be a Facebook page. I'm not sure. But find us on all that stuff. There's going to be a lot of cool things happening. I'm blabbing on at this point. Um, and there will be more info, more info to come as we learn more. Yes, more info to come. I'll be talking with Andrew Stevens. Um, we also kind of came to a kind of – I mean we kind of came to this today. Uh, I got uh, – because so I'm a member of the Who Day Nation group on Facebook. And I got a little um, – I, f- I posted um, in the group today – um, about like, hey, like, who do you want us to talk about? Because there's like so many draft prospects with Sewell and Pitts and Jamar Chase and Alex Leatherwood, Deami Brown, so many other guys. So I was saying, like, hey, who do you want, want us to talk about on the podcast? And a guy named Andrew Wombold, he said he likes the podcast. So fuck yeah, yeah. Shout out to Andrew Wombold. Thank you, sir. He Thank said, you uh, wish you would make some more episodes. Well, I think we can make that happen. We can make that happen. Literally, all it takes is one person like, hey, we'll do more than one a month. Yeah. Yeah. And we can have more guests on. Well, I'll try to have people that are like higher ups in the Who Day Nation group, and I'll try and see if we can get them here, and we can talk shit. We can shoot the shit. We can. I'd love to have Thomas back on, too. Thomas Claggett? Yeah, football perspective. Dude, I love that dude. He's he's just one of the most genuinely happy and nice human beings I've met. Dude has a, oh, there's a cat on my leg. But he also looks like he could squish your head with a thought. Dude has the biggest smile in the world. There was one time at work, someone was like, oh, I think he was, he came across as really aggressive to me. Okay. And I went, no, he didn't. I've known him for, I don't know, six, eight years, something. I've never seen him. I've seen him mad and he's still smiles, that gigantic (laughs) smile at everybody. He has a huge smile. And he's just a happy, positive guy who I think the world of. Like I called him the other day to help me move a mattress. He was here in 10 minutes. Where does he live? Um, I think Camp Washington area, I believe. Okay. Somewhere about 10 minutes away, I'm going to guess. So, actually, uh, we'll pause there a little bit. Uh, Camp Washington, you Camp Washington Chili. Mm-hmm. They have a little secret menu item. The Billy. The Billy special. 
it's just it's a breakfast three way basically with like getta and eggs and I'm gonna go there and pig out one day, get the Billy special. Get done like oh let me get another. I think I felt my blood move. <laughs> no, dude, a lot of cool things. Um like I said, we're gonna have I'm gonna try to get reach out to some people, see if any of them live locally so they can come here and we can shoot the shit. It's gonna be awesome, man. So again, Andrew, thank you for being cool um, and listening to the podcast. We'll try to put out more episodes. Uh, I tried to reach out to James Rapine again, but... Uh, I'd actually like to talk to him. I've never got a chance to actually have a conversation with him, but we've commented back and forth on stuff. Really? Yeah. Um, I think I, I kind of did briefly, but I think he's only doing like virtual episodes right now because right. I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah. Was... But I'll reach out to him again. Uh, probably send him an email tomorrow being like, we're going to do probably two episodes a month. Because the draft starts uh, the 29th. Yeah. And we can put one out probably the 28th of the month for Mixon. Yep. Um, so we can put one out with him. Uh, I think we're recording with uh, Bet Online, it's Dave Mason, uh, this Thursday. He, I told Lloyd that he is a uh, combat sports guy. Yep. So you guys might nerd out on that a little bit. I'm looking forward to it. I love you are going to nerd out on that. Uh, meanwhile, we are going to nerd out about... The Bengals. Yeah, yo. Um, so they, they did this thing. They they signed a lot of guys. What what did they do? What's the concept? Like free... Free agency. Agency? Yeah, it's a new it's a new thing for us. It's a new thing that we did last year. Uh, I should have had this prepared. Did it last year with mixed results. and A lot of the guys got hurt. Made a, made a couple of weird kind of choices this year, but all right. I mean, you know, this they're, year, they're new okay, to it. I'm torn on this year. I, I like that the Bengals are active, but it seems like a lot of the signings they made were, like, short-term. Nothing's overwhelming. Right. Well, I mean, a lot of the guys they went after were guys that, you know, were checked out by three or four places and then didn't end up making a deal there, so they kind of... I feel like the Bengals were last chance you and fucking free agency. Yeah. Like, they picked up the guys that... Yeah, I mean, like, there's two guys that more or less were released for lowered productivity where they were. Yeah. And the Bengals are like, fuck yeah, we got him. And we're like, well, yeah, but remember how he sucked the last two years? Uh, <laughs> would you say Ogan Joby's one of those guys? Yeah. I mean, Ogan Joby is one of the guys that was shoving Mason Rudolph in that fight. So, Which, I mean, there's positives about all of them, like that. Um, um, but, like, what's the dude from uh, the Saints? Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, like... That was like our biggest signing, and they kind of let him go because he was. Well, he made he got he like had a lot of sacks last year. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you look at a lot of them, I think what the Saints were going for was like, hey, you had yeah, your stats were okay, but your a lot of them were more incidental kind of things. Like yeah, plus you also had Cameron Jordan on the other side. Yeah, so that run defense was disgusting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and see who they signed. Uh, two. Perfect. Uh, Mike Hilton from the Steelers. I'm actually, I think that's a pretty good pickup. I, Isn't I, he like a, uh, like a fifth corner or something like that? Or a nickel yeah, I corner? Think, well, I think he can play corner or safety pretty well. Yes. So that's why I think not a bad pickup. Because he's definitely a serviceable guy that, you know, teams had to know he was there. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he, he was effective enough in the... <laughs> And the secondary that you had to worry about him. Yep. And like I said, he's versatile enough 
that they can plug him wherever they need him. Right. And with William Jackson. He is now a football team. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that's going to that's gonna have a little bit of shuffle, I think, through training camp and stuff to figure out who fills what spot. Yep. And having a guy you can kind of have play either until you get everything together is has got to be a nice cushion for the defense. Yes. And his depth, because with Jackson gone, now you have your top guys like Trey Waynes, maybe, who was out for all of last year, didn't really yeah. get a whole lot of playing experience. And he's got two years and $28 million left on his contract. So you got to hope that pans out. Uh, and speaking of corners, you got Shadobi Awuzie from the Cowboys. Yeah. Who, that's another one that... He was like one of our first signings. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's one of those guys who kind of underwhelmed a bit, but did well enough that you can see the reason for picking him up. I, I want to say he, what scares me, though, was that Cowboys passing defense last year. And mm. I don't want to say he's bad because of that defense. I, he might be guilty by association. Well, I think there was a lot of problems. I think just even the way that the Cowboys played their defense last year seemed a little a little scattershot at times. Like, yeah. like there was a lot of weird blitzing situations that you, you could really kind of pin on coaching. Like, hey, guys. It was also McCarthy's first year as coach. Right, right. So, it is like Macar- said, McCarthy's more of an offensive coach, isn't he? I, I would, I would say definitely the way he played the team last year, he definitely seemed to be more. Well, he he like the Cowboys were at an offensive explosiveness because they have like Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Zeke Elliott. Right, uh, right. Elliott didn't do shit last year. Well, I mean, the line was sucked. Yeah, they they were going to. They were playing five card, yeah, five card Monty with their fucking line half the year, which yes, was, they were was kind of mind blowing. Like two games in a row, you have guys who switched in the middle of the game, like switch positions. That's weird to me. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't get that. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, like we said, Ogan Joby from the Browns. It seems like he's just kind of kind of a depth guy, not like. Again, not really an overwhelming top-tier signing that the Bengals are making. It's just like, hey, we'll put you in. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give this team some depth. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I don't hate it, but I, I, I'm not You're not pissing rainbows. It. Yeah, it's, it's like, eh, well, all right, hopefully that'll pan out. Um, <laughs> I, I, a name just came up on the list. It was a departure, but I got to say the phrase Bobby Hart released – this year, and Lloyd's like starting to smile a little bit. And then, <laughs> and they're already talks of bringing him back. And no, he's a he's a Buffalo Bill. Oh, man. is he? Okay. Yeah, he is a Buffalo Bill. I saw something like two days after his release. Like, oh, it might just be a thing where they're going to redo his contract after the time. So he's a Buffalo Bill now. I did not. And see I that went much. on the uh, Buffalo Bill subreddit to see like when um, when Bobby Hart got signed, and it was just. The comments on the Buffalo Bills subreddit of Bobby Hart getting signed, it was just Bengals fans talking shit about Bobby Hart. I mean, talk about a guy who just he, so clearly underperformed. He, yeah. It was infuriating just seeing him, like, get blown out by Joey Bosa and Miles Garrett. I mean, yes. Those I guys are really good, but also, you, gotta, you can't. Bosa, you, you said the – Bosa was saying the Bengals have a Bobby Hart problem. Yeah. That's, first of all, that's excellent trash talk. Of course. It's why it caught my attention. I was like, God damn, that was good. That was, like, 
for him to to single out a guy like I don't think he's that big of a trash talker. But I think he really was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like he, you know, when you football shouldn't be this easy. Yeah, like when he when he's like, "I'm I spent more time in the backfield than I did in stance." Like <laughs> that's that's rough. That's uh, let's see here, uh, Ricardo Allen. Again, I'm not. It's nothing huge. It's depth because your safeties aren't really a huge need. Provided that Von Bell and Jesse Bates stay healthy, right? Ricardo Allen could just be like a like a nickel corner. He could be a safety. He could just like a depth guy because like, like the Bengals lost Sean Williams. Yeah, which that sucks. Uh, and uh, I think the big signing that the Bengals made, other than Hendrickson, was Riley Reef. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's for sure the best out of the bunch. Because it's like, and we'll talk about this with the draft and stuff, but. Riley Reef was just like it provided, like a get like more or less provided he stays healthy, a guaranteed 17, 17 games now, but a seventeen game starter at right tackle, provided Jonah Williams stays healthy because yeah. he's only played ten out of thirty two games. That's my big. We'll talk about that because I'm on Team Sewell. You're on team. Pitts. Pitts. I was kind of shocked. I I I think most people, with how I normally am, would be. But we'll talk about all the guys. There, uh, there's a lot of guys um, that are worth talking about. And uh, let's see. So you talk about Pitts. All right. Well, I kind of have to explain it through. I think Sewell's very good, but I think there are guys that are 95% as good as he is. Or 90% as good as he is. That are way cheaper, second, third. That, yeah, maybe it's not the best, best person at that spot, but still someone who will do the job well enough not to have to pay them first round money. Right. If you're spending first round money and eating up first round cap space, best player on the board. That, to me, it's one. If I if I'm thinking I have this young quarterback that has the potential to be a generational quote unquote quarterback. Why not get him a guy who you see a guy like Pitts every ten years? My and I I hate to bring up this side of the argument because I don't I first of all the the Pitts versus Sewell versus Chase debate has made me lose my goddamn mind. I'm so and because the the thing with the, the debate though is there's validity. To every single side. Oh, without question. I, I understand all of them. I mean, I have a harder time with Jamar Chase over everyone else. I understand him a lot. I we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Pitts first. Well, I mean, again, this is part of why I, I think Pitts should. Yes, Jamar Chase looks like he's the best receiver in an underwhelming receiver class. You know, I, the top three are like... None of them are huge. I 
could if Jalen Waddle goes to the right situation, he might end up being the best of the three. Right. I see Jamar Chase as a guy who most of his stats went up in the first half of a game. And you He's, were saying the same thing with Sewell. Yeah, Sewell's the same kind of thing. Like when you watch his highlight reels, it's all first and second quarter stuff where he looks great. And then when you see, like, the why not so you see the end of the game and he's fucking sucking wind and moving slow. And Granted, and I, I'm going to say or, uh, the same reason he's a pro might be the same reason Con. He's 18. Yeah. He was 18 when he was playing college football. Right. So, I mean, he has more question marks to me than Pitts does. Jamar Chase... There's a lot of those guys you see in college that are a little smaller than Devontae Smith is a big example. That look great, and they get in the NFL, and it just, you know, the corners are a little bigger. The They're faster. Yeah, and. Because and in college, it's a lot easier to be a speed demon. Look at, like, I've, I've been saying this before. Look at John Ross. Right. It's easy to be a speed demon when you're in college because when you're when you're a speed guy, you're making uncontested catches. <clears throat> and I just, for my taste, I think Chase made a little. It was a little too much of that. It was a little too much of him having he clean d- breakaways and nice catches when no one. He was also around him. was like, I was reading Chase's scouting report. He's like a ma- he's a phenom <clears throat> he's phenomenal with a contested catch. He's a strong... I mean, granted, a little short. Yeah, and short arms and all the things you kind of have to worry about with a receiver transferring over. And also, Chase, uh, like, this is obvious, but Chase is not growing. No, he's he's done. Yeah, he's done growing. He'd chew on that, I swear to God. <clears throat> but I don't know. I, I just, for me, the safest pick is Pitts. And everybody goes like, oh, there's guys like Vernon Davis who never... I... <clears throat> I've, I can't think of the last time I saw tape on a guy who looked. He is like if Mike Evans was a tight end. I mean, he's, yeah, he, he's like Megatron-esque, that, that come-get-me kind of receiver. DK. He's a guy who definitely went out of his way to get better at, like, learning to block and stuff. Like, he went on his own and did stuff to get better. Not even being asked by his coaches or whatever. Like, he just wanted to be better. That's the kind of thing you can't teach someone. It's, like, yeah, you can't teach someone to want to get better. Yeah, you can't teach someone work ethic this far off. They just have to have it. And he's definitely a guy that does. His catch radius is, I don't know, fucking Jupiter? Yeah. I mean, it... His arms are longer than some of the safeties in the fucking league. Like, I, I, just, I have a hard time thinking that you pass up on this guy, and then you have to play against him too. Like, that guy has the potential to be the Kelsey. The the what? Think of a tight end. I that, get it. <clears throat> and so my thing not? was like all. And I realize Pitts is different. I 100% get that. You got to realize when all of the best tight ends in the league were drafted, I get that Pitts is different. But Kelsey was a third rounder. Gronk was a second rounder. Again, drafting tight ends, I get it. I so get it. It bothers me so much. 
it's I've never seen this before. A part of the reason why I can't get on board with Kyle Pitts totally is because I've never seen this before. Right. And, and I don't know how to process it. Well, I think that's a guy who he could have played receiver easily. He should be one. But why not have an extra receiver that can also block? Like, he played halfback a bit at times. Like, he ran. Like an H-back? Yeah. Like. And he's a guy, like, in the backfield, he could, like, maul motherfuckers over. Yeah, he's it's a big boy who ran, like, what, a 4-4? Four, 4-4-4. Four? Four, four, four. Get the fuck out he of here. He ran a Blake Mazelin. 6-6. That guy's gigantic. He's he's only gonna fill out more. I think my I have a couple hesitations. In my hesitations with drafting Kyle Pitts are not against Kyle Pitts himself. Right. I have nothing against Kyle Pitts. He's number two on Mel's big board. I get why. And you and I kind of disagree about this, but and I've said this multiple times. The emergence to the emergence of Kyle Pitts has made tight end for the Bengals seem like more of a need than it actually is. Well, right. I think Drew Sample is doing a very good job. You don't like Uzama. I I, just, I haven't seen a lot of dro- I don't know, a lot of drops, a lot of missed blocks, a lot of. I think he's good, but not. I don't think he's Drew Sample good for sure, and he's definitely not Kyle Pitts good. Oh, yeah. So, if I'm thinking, what does this quarterback need? A line to protect him, for sure. But also, if you're talking about someone for a check down, it's how co- about this six and a half foot tall Adonis who has the catch radius <laughs> of a small planet? You just, you, could, you just said Jupiter, which is the biggest planet. I know, but I, I was trying to just, you know, turn it down for the, for the sake of argument. Yes. Who better? To have as a check down guy. He can block and then run out six yards and you know save a second down play. And again, my thing with I again I have nothing against Kyle Pitts as a player. It's just that I don't think that's where the Bengals number one priority is. Right. We're... My prediction, my personal prediction for Kyle Pitts. Look at four through seven in the draft. Atlanta, Cincinnati, Miami, Detroit. I don't think any of those teams have a significant need for a tight end. No, but I... I also wonder, like, you know the Ravens love a good tight end. They are drafting, like, way late in the first round. I don't think they're... But there's already been talks of... I mean, like, on some of the Ravens stuff that I've seen, they talk about, like... The potential of trading this spot and then picking up other needs here. Like, there's a very reasonable and clear path that they could take where they do end up, you know, trading away their first and a third and whatever to try and grab him. And I don't want to, I don't want to have to see that guy across. I don't see, it looks like the Ravens are drafting at 18. I don't see the Ravens trading up that high. I, I don't either, but if they did, goddamn. Like if you had the chance to stop that and didn't, you, you know, for a decade. You know who is actually like 
what team is actually coming to his highlight reels. Jerry Jones is coming to Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I could see it. How many games did Witten save for the Cowboys? How many games did, you know what I mean, like uh, Graham save for the Saints? Like, if you use a tight end well, they can be such a weapon. Yeah. And the Bengals... We had Eifert, who was, what, our leading receiver twice? That is an anomaly to me. That's that's like the only time the Bengals have ever used a tight end. But here's the thing. It was on the weaker side of the offensive line, still building at that time. And he was a good check down guy that got a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and did really well. Granted, (laughs) the season that Tyler Eifert did really well, I think the Bengals went 12-4. and But that's also because their offensive line was filthy. They had A.J. Green. They had Marvin Jones, I believe. They had Muhammad Sanu at the time. But they still, Tyler Eifert was still. Yeah, Dalton was playing at an an MVP level because he had literally every single fucking piece around him playing really well. It allowed A.J. McCarron at the time to have. Who was the number one receiver? It was Green. Well, no, I mean, the, the, the two years that. Eifert was basically the number one receiver as far as touchdowns and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> was it not green? No, there's years that it was green. There's years that it was Eifert. There's a couple years that where Eifert had, at, well, comparable stats. I'm sorry. Uh, what's his name? What What did I just say? Eifert. What's his name now? Oh, Glass Kyle. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a fucking good joke. Yeah. Well, it's your joke. Of course you're going to say it's good. It's just, to me, when you're drafting at five, you have a need. There's a reason you're at five. You have a need. And I I get, again, I get Kyle Pitts' skill level. I 100% get how good he is. I get how good he could be. I don't see tight end, even Kyle Pitts, as a glaring need. I don't either, but I think you take the best guy on the board. You're going to pay that money. Do What are the chances that he's there at five? Pretty good. You might see four quarterbacks. You could. You're, you're going to see three. Right. You're going to see three. You might see four. I think the chances are pretty decent you're going to see four. Yeah. So I think we're going to have the pick of all three of those guys by five, or at least two out of the three of those guys by five. At, at no, at, at least. It's, it's, because Atlanta's probably going through the same shit. Right. They're having the same debate because Julio Jones is an aging receiver. Hayden Hurst is fine, but they don't really have anyone under him. Think of Hayden Hurst and, think of Julio Jones, if he's healthy, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts. That's a problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. If we had Kyle Pitts, no. I, w- I mean, so, okay, so I've been so deep in this debate that, like, it's made me, like, if I don't get my guy, I'm going to be pissed. But I had to take a step back and be like, no, you fucking idiot. Whoever the Bengals draft, it's going to be a fifth overall pick. You're going to be happy with who it is. So whoever it is, I'm like, that's my guy. I support him. I'm going to get his jersey. I'm going to... Right. I'm not, like... I'm in no way anti Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase. I... You were a little anti Penny Sewell. Well, I mean, just... 
for the money you're going to spend. Uh, it's hard for me not to go, here's a guy you only see one of every ten years. Okay. Even Let's say even he doesn't pan out to be all he could be. <clears throat> I think it, the chances that he does are too hard to ignore versus... I think his potential to be like a Hall of Fame level player are higher than either of the other guys. For Pitts? Yeah. It's possible. I I'm just I everything I've seen he it, it, he does the right shit. He's right attitude, right. Like I said, the guy that shows up early stays late. You love that. Yeah, every everyone with work ethic is the guys who get better every year. Yeah. And so I want to know what your take on this is. So a lot of people have criticized Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase for sitting out last year. What do you think? I think it doesn't help thinking of somebody you're just going to plug and play as to start. Yeah. It's, I mean... If you're talking about need, you're talking about somebody you need right now. Yeah. And you think Kyle Pitts is like... I think he's the most NFL-ready out of the three. I agree. But I think he's the lowest need for the Bengals. Right, but you're talking about a draft class that is maybe the most dense with offensive linemen in the past, what, 12 years? So here's my counter-argument with that. If it's deep with offensive linemen, why not get the guy who is above every deep player in the league? Because is he that much more above the next five guys you're going to get? And no, he's not. I mean, he's above, but not not by like the kind of margin you're talking about with. You know, I mean, it's like Jamar Chase. They're like, oh, he might be the best receiver in the draft. Who knows? But I've seen a lot of a lot of times where there's just not that strong of a class for receivers, and the best guy ends up being okay. Like for think of 2014, a lot of good receivers in that class: Mike Evans, OBJ, Jarvis Landry. The best receiver in the NFL currently might be in that class. Yeah. You know who that is? Devontae Adams. Yeah, not a bad. That's a great class. But this ain't that. I don't think so either. I mean, you're talking about a guy projected as a third-round pick who didn't allow a sack for two seasons. Are you talking about Leatherwood? Yeah. I'll get to him in a little bit. I mean, I don't don't get the difference in projection. Okay, so I'll talk about Leatherwood. I... I like Leatherwood a lot, and a lot of Bengals fans like Leatherwood. My one concern with Bengals resting their hopes on Leatherwood is he is projected to be a second-round pick, like late first, early second. A lot of Bengals fans are uncomfortably certain that he'll be there at 37. Okay, if he's not, again, you've got... You do. You've got a lot of choices. You do. Of guys that could have easily, if they had just said the right thing in this interview or whatever. Like, if you look at stats, the offensive line crop 
is pretty fucking close. It's so good. I'm not denying that it's filthy. Well, I'm just saying, like, Sewell's not, like, leaps and bounds ahead of everybody. He's a little ahead. I do think, of all the players, he is the one, by far, with the highest ceiling. Maybe. If not him, Here's the other thing. I think a lot of the best tackles you've seen. We'll use your own. I'm not used to seeing this with a tight end. That <clears throat> there's a lot of guys that are become the guy that are third, fourth, fifth round picks. And that's the same with receivers and tight ends, right? So I'm saying the same argument applies yes. with any of the guys that we're talking about for those top three spots. <clears throat> so my when I'm looking at the three. Who has the most potential upside? To me, it's Pitts. He, would you say Sewell is second? Yes. I, I, would, I would definitely put it Pitts, Sewell, Chase. I, I'm not that high on Jamar Chase. I know that Bro knows him and they... Okay, so here's my thing. What's the second receiver from LSU? Uh, uh, Terrace Marshall. Yes. First of all, I, I want to say it is not Terrence Marshall. It is Terrace Marshall. I'm not against Terrace Marshall in the second round. I think he's a great second round pick. If I would take Marshall in the second round, if they take Sewell first, yeah, right, so if, I would be mad with provided that he is there at thirty seventh. And again, I'm not. I'm not so sure Leatherwood's going to be there at thirty seven. The I'm way Bengals either. fans talk about him, I don't think he'll be there. But even if he's not, like I said, there's the kid from Stanford, the kid from uh, there's Walker Little from Stanford. There is um, Samuel Cosme from Texas. It, it seems like it's one of those draft classes where there's a lot of offensive linemen, but it's not a huge need for as many teams. I actually disagree. Well, I mean, I, right. everyone needs good offensive linemen, and everyone's willing to take a good offensive lineman high. Because, But I think there's a lot of teams with glaring needs, and there's standouts at everything. You know, like, it, it's kind of weird to me that we haven't, like, there's not even, like, a edge rusher in the conversation for the Bengals to draft? Uh, there could be a couple in, like, the third round, maybe. Well, was, like, high first, second round guys. Yep. Usually that's on the top of the list for yeah. AFC North teams, period. Well, yeah, because you have T.J. Watt, you have Miles Garrett. It's a good <clears throat> division for... It's a good division for edge rushers. So, but this draft class just doesn't have... Those giant standout guys, but does have a lot of really like high potential guys. So, so I think you might even see, you might even see him grab one or two of those guys in third, second, third, fourth for like edge rushers. Yeah. So I think. So you you don't think the Bengals will draft Pitts? I don't, but I want them to. I think they will either. He is. I kind of flip flop. With like Pitts and Chase as my second choice, my issue with Chase at five is again I have nothing against Sewell, Chase, or Pitts at all. My issue with Chase at five is a lot of people think of him as like an X receiver or a deep threat. I have if I draft a receiver at five, Lloyd Screen. If you have if you have a rebuttal, let me know. But um, if you're gonna draft a receiver at five. I want him to be a number one guy. 
And there's nothing I've seen from Jamar Chase that's going to put him ahead of Higgins. No. There's nothing I've seen from him that's going to put him ahead of even Boyd. Yeah, not right now. So, I'm going to go pee. You go pee. Um, I'm going to talk. Oh! Yeah, I'm going to do... Um, Lloyd, if you had to bet on how much you had to pee, is there a website you go to? Uh, bet online. You know it. Uh, it is that time of the year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, it is one of my first loves. Sorry, Lloyd. Uh, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Lloyd, I know I know we're inside. Where are you? Lloyd? You all right? Well, um, now that Lloyd is... Um, doing god knows what uh i'm gonna do uh one of our newest sponsors um are you see so you work outside right yeah do you wear sunglasses when you work outside yeah do you no i don't like things touching my face can i touch your face no please do you like having hands i like having my big hands okay then yeah <laughs> but yes but no dude it's like I do like a good pair of sunglasses when I can stand them. Yes, and I think Canon sunglasses, man. I think I think they're our newest sponsor, so we're gonna shout them out. Because, like I said, your outdoor experiences could be better, clearly better. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canon's Canon's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses, and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canon sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imaginations. Use the exclusive, go- use the exclusive code KANONCAST15 at Canon.com and receive 50- 15% off on your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canon. Clearly better. Clearly Better. The gutter. Just like how I think Penny Sewell is might be clearly better than the rest of the class. It might be clearly better. I just had to segue to that. I liked it. Just how Kyle Pitts is clearly better than Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. Just how Jamar Chase might be clearly better than Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. Might be. Man, I know. So I'll talk about Devontae Smith for a second. People doubt him because of his size. But obviously Devontae Smith has had his whole career has had people doubt him because of his size. Which, I mean, there's a reason for that. Yeah. He's like, what, five... How how fucking tall is Devontae Smith? I believe he's 5'8". Let's see. He's He's not a big dude. 
He is oh, he's six one, but one hundred seventy four pounds. Oh, okay. He's tiny. He doesn't look that tall. Yeah, he doesn't look that tall at all. He could be a he could be a good player in the NFL, but if he bulked up, maybe twenty five pounds. Yeah. Stud. You hope maybe he can keep all the skills at that size. Maybe he can't. Like. Yeah, because he's like kind of like the. <laughs> nimble quick receiver the the nimble quick playmaker that Mac Jones is able to play to. Right. So I mean but that's that's always the risk with guys like that is you know, you got guys who can bulk up and be good like um um Fuck I had his name just a second ago. Who is it? Give me some context clues. Um I think he's maybe he was drafted by the Raiders and then went somewhere else like two years later, and Amari Cooper. Maybe I'm, I, my brain for whatever reason just completely skipped on the thought I was having. I apologize for that. Yeah, you know what, Lloyd? It's one of those guys where it was like, oh, he's too small for this. He needs to bulk up, and then eventually did and kind of managed it. But there's also, you know, they they wanted John Ross to bulk up, and it's well, yeah, because like like we said, the Bengals learn this so like they learn this very clearly john ross it's like like why your team sucks said i don't think i'll ever forget that john ross was drafted before patrick mahomes yeah. that is earth shatteringly scary that's madness yeah i mean obviously in retrospect now like because i didn't really follow the, dra- the draft that hard that year but i'm like john ross he, i knew john ross ran the fastest combine time I'm like oh okay right. i'll take it but you can't judge a guy just by his combine numbers. Well, I mean, the Raiders have been drafting for speed for years, and it's bit them in the ass more times than it's worked out for them. Like I say, fast receivers are the, the guys that fast 40 times are the kind of receivers that make the Raiders come. Right, and then get hurt a lot. Or they underwhelm. It's like <clears> what they try to do with them. Um, it's how they tried to help Jamarcus Russell. Because Russell, I mean, they, they couldn't help Russell's fucking eating habits, but... Like, they drafted guys that were, like, fast and, like, they dra- they reached for for uh, Darius Hayward Bay at nine. Yeah. And that didn't help them at all. Like, Hayward Bay was a fine four receiver, but he was not, like. He was not going to ever be a number one guy. Fuck no. Like, Nelson Aguilar was a fine pick last year. He ended up being a decent deep threat, but. When you only got one trick, it's easy to plan against that one trick. Yep. When you. When you have guys that like like they just signed John Brown, and I like John Brown, but I think like that whole team of like Henry Ruggs, John Brown, they're a one-dimensional receiver core. Granted, you have Hunter Renfro in the slot, but like your other two top receivers are. I'm I'm gonna say John Brown number one and Henry Ruggs number three. <clears throat> it could be the other way around. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's a tit for tat kind of. Yes. Could be either, could be neither. Okay. So like I was saying earlier, I, I don't like with Jamar Chase. I don't I like Jamar Chase, but I don't I'm not crazy about the idea of drafting a deep threat at five. I'm not gonna... <laughs> Lloyd just threw a pencil at his cat. It's on a counter. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm not crazy about the Bengals drafting a deep threat at five. Like I said, if I, I if you're drafting a guy at five, 
you want him to be your everything tight end or your everything wide receiver. Yeah, I and I don't see Chase as your everything wide receiver. I see it I see it as the guy that he's gonna be your four receptions for seventy yards, maybe a touchdown a game. I, and your occasional nine to ten yard reception game. Or nine to ten reception game. Yeah. I again I don't I don't mean to sound like I'm shitting on the guy. I just I don't see him as in most draft classes, he's not a number five pick. I think he is number three on Kuiper's big board. But that, I'm saying most drafts, there's a, a deeper well of receivers. Like you know, I mean, usually there's an argument above who is the best two, three, four receivers. Right now, it's like um, I don't know. These guys are all kind of the same. Well, it's like one guy came from LSU, two guys came from Bama. Also, just. And this is an argument Thomas makes as somebody who played college football. <clears throat> He's like, there's things that schools are good at making. And LSU is not known for making good receivers. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Well, I'm saying in the term with the staff they've had, they've had a couple, but they're not like, you know, some of the other schools where like Oregon, you knew for a while, if they had a receiver coming out of Oregon, you're probably all right. Like to get him. Or to pass. Yeah, yeah. No, to to know that they were going to be serviceable NFL receivers. Bama. Ba- yeah. <clears throat> like, Bama's not known for being quarterbacks. That's, okay. I am wildly perturbed by the hype around Matt Jones. I don't get it at all. It's, because he's throwing the guys that are like, he's throwing the guys that are going to be first round picks. He's, his running back in the backfield, Najee Harris, is going to be a high to mid-second round pick. And might actually be being underrated by a lot of places. I agree. People are com- like saying, like, diet Derrick Henry with him. Right, where he might... <clears throat> he might he might be a little... He's a little tougher of a runner, I think, than people are giving him credit for. Can I give you a really hot take? SEC's overrated. Yeah. Here's why. Especially when you rate Alabama players. Because, like, the SEC, to me, has always been top-heavy. It's like Alabama, yes, you have Alabama, yes, you have Georgia, yes, you have Florida. But other than that, you're playing, like, 500 teams. You're playing Tennessee, Kentucky, last year's LSU team, Mississippi State. A lot of games you're gonna win seventy to three. Right. <coughs> that so, being said, that that argument could be made kind of across the board. Yes. So I I get where you're coming from, but also to me, it's what have they turned out with the staff they've had? Because a lot of colleges have the same coaching staff for a long time. Like Saban's been at at Bama forever. Yeah, like, I think when I lived there, he was, <laughs> but. What are they known for churning out? What are they, what are they consistently been able to put into the league that works? Receivers, <clears throat> running backs. Trent Richardson was a little bit of an anomaly. Um, for a while, they were really you know they had decent linemen. Well, they also had a decent secondary coach for a long time. Then he moved. Yeah, because the they had Drake Kirkpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick, <clears throat> a lot of guys. Uh, Patrick then, Sertan coming out of Bama this year. Lots of Patricks. 
But, uh, yeah, for a while they didn't, and the, that coaching staff got kind of hired out to the NFL a little bit, so that seemed to wane and, and wax and wane a bit. Yeah. But, you know, when when you have the same person in charge of hiring coaches for a university yeah, for 30 want, fucking years. Colleges want to work for Saban. College right. coaches want to work for Saban. Right. Well, I mean, or just think of it like, you know, the director of athletics for Stanford. Yeah. He has a very specific vision for how to run that team. And if Stanford's you think, turned out some good-ass players. Right. But they've been the same four positions for 20 years. Mm. I mean, with some variance, but the bulk of what they've turned out. You know, Harvard, you know they're going to have – Harvard quarterbacks don't make a splash – Fitzpatrick was an anomaly. Right, but because it's, that's not that's not what they're developing there. Yeah, like Stanford to me, like they'll mm. they'll draft they'll have like random people like pan out. Like Andrew Luck randomly panned out, and Christian McCaffrey randomly panned out, and Richard Sherman pan- randomly panned out, and a dozen defensive linemen from Stanford have been great. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. churn out that. Now, people have made the joke argument. Remember the last big tight end to come out of Florida? He's dead now. <laughs> That's fine. I realize Kyle Pitts is not a criminal. He's not Aaron Hernandez. Which, okay, I actually just, I kind of picked up on this a little bit a couple weeks ago. I don't see as many players coming out of college um, with off the field issues as I did 10 to 15 years ago. I don't see that as frequently. <clears throat> I think that's uh, to some degree. I think that's one of the few things social media has helped. Yeah, I think There's so guys too. who normally would while out in college a little bit and get a little, I don't want to say the T word, but yeah. Yeah. So, In the age where everything matters. Like, like it's the age where it's like every move you make is put under a microscope. And you just have to, like, you have to say all the right shit and put on a fucking happy face. Yeah, like, I have a couple of buddies that went to UNLV. And the stories they have about, like, the football players... And oddly enough... It's Vegas! And, and oddly enough, Tommy Loren... Because they went when she was there, which is a whole different... Oh, that's right. You did tell me about that. Tommy yeah. Laren. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. But, uh, <clears throat> like, the shit those guys would talk about, because they were, like, one of them literally was in sports medicine there, and he now works over at Ignition Sports, and, like, he's the one that sent me, of like, the video of Marcus Hunt doing a backflip. Yes. <clears throat> and... Some of those dudes have stories that I'm like, oh, I'm almost impressed by the way these guys party. And I've I've got stories. Yeah, I didn't I, say you didn't. I've uh I've done my share of partying and uh I have a little higher bar I think than a lot of people would for what is too much. But definitely some of the stories that came out of UNLV for a few years were for sure too much. 
Like, like with Tommy Laren? Well, with the guys I know that were there at that time where things got a little lax with the school as far as their discipline stuff and everybody kind of got a little too... Oh, what better city to have a lack of discipline well, than a... Las fucking Vegas? Right. So, I'm, I mean, I'm talking about like... He's mentioned guys that played for UNLV that had like a $10,000 open line at every casino in the fucking city. Oh, yeah, that, that can't be legal. No. Especially for a college athlete. But it's, you know, there's no, they're not actually giving them anything. They're just letting them play against money that doesn't really exist. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's like but, you I, know, one of my buddies, not the one that works at Ignition, don't, but one of my other buddies who now works for a law firm, <clears throat> yeah, came out of Vegas and works for a law firm. He's exactly who you think he is. <clears throat> he's, he's the, the, you know, the, the third flunky on Better Call Saul. That is him. <laughs> he's that guy. I love him to death, but he's not someone you would trust with anything ever. No, I don't doubt that. And he wouldn't be upset by me saying that. Yeah. Well, it's like any, are you really getting like trustworthy people that work in law? But he's talk. he's told me stories of like four or five day benders where everyone's on Molly and blow. And fucking strippers. And and then just show up to the game, like, looking like a fucking zombie. And oh, oh, we're talking, no. like, the bad boys of the 90s, like the team that went undefeated. Well, I'm talking a little, probably a little past that group, but when everything kind of got lax because there was such a high... Uh, everyone was so high on some of the teams that had come, like, a few years before them that they kind of just gave them a little more free... People wanted those, like, badass motherfucking undefeated UNLV teams. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like it was pure madness. But now, they, like, there's guys, if you get one or two strikes, they literally won't let you post shit on social media without it going through somebody. Really? Yeah. Like, they're not even allowed to post shit without approval. Wow. If they want to maintain their scholarship. That's insane. I remember I went to, uh, I think I might have brought him up. I went to elementary school with a guy who uh, was like a highly touted like uh, quarterback coming out of high school. He was supposed to be like the heir apparent to Cam Newton at Auburn. And he got in trouble. I think he got like a public intoxication charge. And like when that happened, he was like kicked off the team. Yeah, Auburn don't fuck around. So my grandpa taught at Auburn. My uncle currently is like the head of construction and and yeah, Auburn, Auburn doesn't stuff. fuck around. My, you know, my whole family that's that's where my grandparents lived was Auburn, like three blocks from the university. Yeah, my grandpa ran a vet clinic right by there. That was part of the vet program. He yeah, he taught there for uh, twenty eight fucking years or something. <clears throat> that's a school that doesn't they don't give a shit. They'll They'll can you for being rude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, yeah, you grew up a Bama guy, so you like... Yeah. In what city was it again? I grew up in Crawford, Alabama. <laughs> it just sounds terrible. It is. It wasn't on Google Maps <laughs> until like 2013. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was saying like he was uh, kicked off Auburn's team, then he went to Louisville, and then I think he was kicked off their team too, so he went from Auburn to Louisville to I think like Murray State. And like, I think 
something happened there too. So he didn't, he was like kind of out of football a little bit. But then I think he became became like a public speaker or something like that. And then he, um, I think like I just became friends with him on Facebook. But he's like a fucking crypto guy, <laughs> makes a lot of money and living like the fucking badass Johnny Manziel like. I think his profile picture had like a his hand on some like his girlfriend's ass or something like that. I'm like, you're just living the rich guy life. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think Zeke colleges, Pike, in case you're wondering, I'm, I'm, I don't think there's a lot of colleges that are willing to put up with the shit they used to be willing to because it's way too public now. It's way too recognizable when somebody's acting like an asshole. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like. uh I think there's a, I can't remember the one kid, he went to somewhere and then he got transferred to Moorhead and then somewhere else and then they were just like, yeah, we're done, man. And it, you know, I mean, he was touted as being a guy who was going to be good. I think he was a defensive tackle or something so, like that. So, Isaiah Wilson, for example. Yeah. He was an offensive tackle, first round drafted, I f- want to say Georgia? I think it was Georgia. Might have been, yeah. But he was drafted by the Titans. First round pick, played one game in 2020. And he was just like, fuck this, I'm done with the Titans. So the Titans traded him to the Dolphins. Like, because the Titans were done with Wilson too. So they traded him to the Dolphins for, like, I think, like a late round pick or something like that. And then, like, days later, he, like, failed a physical or something like that. And they caught him. Yeah. He was like, yeah, fuck you, we're done. We tried everything we could to help you, and you just didn't want to work. Well, if you remember back in the day, there, there was that college coach when they talked about Indomitian Sue, where he's like, I wouldn't keep him on my team. Well, because he's like a violent player. <clears throat> right. Well, I mean, but also just, he, they just, he, you know, the coach was like, this isn't a guy that works well on a team. Yeah, I don't think so either. <clears throat> and, you know, that was a big thing once he got started getting in trouble or whatever. You'd see that interview with the coach from way back where he was like, I wouldn't want him on my team. Like we had to get rid of him, blah blah blah. So I, I think yeah, you're gonna all you're gonna see less and less of the troubled guys getting. Yes, like Ryan Leaf, for example. Yeah, I mean, kinda. Yeah, you're you're still gonna have that. Like, also, here's the take I have: this year's quarterback class might really suck. Yeah, I'm. Uh... Because Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jags. That could, maybe, I don't know. I love Trevor Lawrence. He's going to, I think he'll be the best quarterback to come out of this year's draft. Well, I mean, yeah, but. This, that, this, this is this year's version of Burrow. Was it, I mean, you heard how I was about Burrow all before. Let's see the tape. <clears throat> Kind of have a, a a similar. I think not that Trevor Lawrence doesn't have the tape, but the guys below him, the next three up to and including fucking Mac, who I don't understand. The hype. I don't get it I either. Don't... God, if the 49ers traded like three first round picks, granted one of them was the pick below the Dolphins, so that kind of counts. But they traded a 22 first rounder and a 23, 2020, 2022 first rounder and a 2023 first rounder, a third rounder this year and a first rounder this year to move up to number three. If they use that on Mac Jones, they're fucking stupid. Right, that seems 
Like way too much to go. Uh, I I, I don't know how Mac Jones elevated that high. I I don't either. I I just I don't get the hype on him. Maybe there's maybe there's some shit I haven't seen. Maybe there's some I haven't gone out of my way to 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 research him or to dig in. But Mac Jones, I watched his pro day. He's got a good arm. But what makes me nervous about Mac Jones though is he doesn't seem like he's faced a lot of adversity. No, he... He's had Leatherwood blocking for him. He's been able to throw to Devontae Smith, who won a Heisman, and Jalen Waddle. He's been able to hand it off to Najee Harris. And he sounds like Burt Kreischer when he talks. <laughs> Does he take his shirt off before every play, too? No, but he just he just sounds that... Like, oddly confident in weird spots and then really not aware of other people. I don't. He did not impress me with anything I've seen of him so far. Other than yes, he has that Brady Quinn arm. That that yeah. name you just threw at me makes me really nervous. Well, I mean, remember when he was? Everybody's like, oh, that arm strength is." A lot of quarterbacks with crazy good arms, they end up being kind of average. I mean, Warren Moon arguably had the best arm we've ever seen. He was fine. But wasn't what they... Like, I... Jamarcus Ross. I mean, I might be a little older than you, but I remember, like, the hype on him. I'm too young to remember Warren Moon. And they were like, oh, he's going to come in and just change the position. Like, you're not going to see a quarterback like this. Uh, You remember Randall Cunningham, right? Yeah. Saying uh, the weird hype on certain guys, I don't get, and just a good throwing arm. Stafford had a good throwing arm. Okay, it was okay. I love Stafford. I understand that, but I'm saying it wasn't. I don't think it was entirely Stafford's fault. I don't either, but he also didn't do what they thought he was going to do. It's <clears throat> because you realize who he played for. I understand that, but. The issue with him not making throws at times, despite how much how touted that arm was, how how oh he can bomb it sixty yards and bomb. It's like what else can you do? Yeah, there's just, a couple counterpoints, and I think maybe Andrew Luck would be a better example for what I'm saying. Perhaps, I think right now the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. You know, I'm going to say best three quarterbacks in the NFL might have the three best arms in the league. Maybe. Mahomes, Allen, and Rodgers. Um, Who? I don't put Rodgers that high. Even though he just won an MVP with only one really good wide receiver? Yeah, but also, again, when you have the line... Yeah. You know... Peyton Manning looked like God for three years because he had 13 seconds to throw every ball. Yes, he did. And he also had Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. Right. That's what I'm saying. Someone can look better than they are. And I think Rodgers has a little bit of that on his side right now. Perhaps. Even though they glaringly needed a wide receiver and drafted... Let me check my notes. Jordan Love. Well... Again, 
if you have 10 seconds to throw it, do you need that receiver as much as you think you do? Or, or, I don't think so. Right. I mean, like, <clears throat> he his line was good enough that they almost never use a back to block anything. Like, their running backs almost never pick up anything. For the Packers? Yeah. Aaron Jones has been a very solid running back for the Packers for a little bit. Right, but I'm saying he hasn't had – they don't utilize him as, like, picking up the blitz as much as a lot of other teams have to do. Yeah. Like, they trust the line. They trust their – again, a team that utilizes blocking tight ends well. The Bengals, which I don't know – Well, I mean, I was referring to the Packers. Yes. Well, Tanyan, like, kind of stepped up as a receiving tight end last year. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is normally they're not a heavy using a tight end team. Yeah, I mean, again, Tanyan had his moments last year. For sure, but I think that was more a lack of firepower in their receiving core that necessitated that. But generally their tight ends are more... Jason Witten blocking style that can also. They had Jimmy. Gr- they had the corpse of Jimmy Graham for a year. Right, but they didn't. What did they do with him? Nothing really. They tried to make him block, and then they subbed him out for some fucking kid that no one knew that they picked up in the seventh round. You know what I mean, like, yeah, it depends on how you use your weapons. I guess is. Yep. Like the Packers, like they, they after Devontae Adams, there's like a really significant drop off in talent receiver. Like no one's like chomping at the bit for Mark Marquez Valdez Scantling for their fantasy team or Alan Lazard. No it's one's chomping. No one wants to pronounce their names. I just say MVS. Yeah. Or I say that one dude from the Packers. <laughs> I don't even bother. <laughs> Mark Marquez Valdez Scantling. That's a I'm fun like, name to say. Hey, bro, that name's just a fucking nightmare. Fix it. You know what's an even worse name for a Packers receiver? Equinemius St. Brown. Yep. We're going to get to him next year. Well, I'm sure we'll have fun with that one. Yes, we will. But, wow, we diverted from the Bengals pretty hard, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we, we talk about football. We talked about football. We like to keep our listeners in the loop, our six listeners, but, like, we keep them in the loop. <laughs> But so we didn't really get to talk about Sewell all too much, did we? No, I, because again, he to me is, and this isn't just me like on the pro Sewell train, but he to me is the most likely selection. Yes, he seems like at five. He seems like highest probability of what they're going to use to pick. It doesn't surprise me because the. They have the need for a long-term offensive lineman because Riley Reef is only on a one-year deal. And Jonah's... He's only played 10 out of 32 games. And a lot of people who are on Team Chase or Team Pitts, they're really uncomfortably sure that Jonah's going to be healthy this year. Yeah, I, I don't... <clears throat> I think it's, uh, that's... Uh... Just the thing that people like, they want to see. Yeah. So, like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, that happens sometimes. But he just has a couple bad years. and But he'll come in, and they spent that money, and that 
pick on a guy that high and he'll probably produce just fine. But we haven't seen it, so. I think Mike Mayak had a really good quote. I'm paraphrasing here. But I think Williams had, like, injury troubles in college. If you draft a guy, he's going to turn into what he's always been. Yeah. Yeah, and, you, and you're going to get that with fucking Jonah Williams, who's who had those injury troubles in college. And so far, those injury troubles have tra- unfortunately translated to the pros. But that, to me, is, that, to me, is also kind of the case for Pitts. Yeah. He's going to be what he's always been. And he's always been a fucking game changer. Yes. <clears throat> when... Yeah, you know, when teams that were playing against him literally had to change the way they played their defense to deal with him. And again, I'm not saying that Pitts isn't a game changer. I'm just saying the need at tight end isn't glaring enough. Oh, I, I agree completely in that way of looking at it. They don't need a Pitts. But, what could you do with it? What could that be? The, I think the upsides are so... There's so much potential in the upside that it's hard to ignore. It is. Well, especially like, when... Taylor went to Pitts Pro Day. Right. Especially when, you know, the guy behind Sewell the guy who's likely to be there at the next pick isn't that far behind. It's like Slater, Christian Derrissaw, um, Vera Tucker, and there was one other guy. I forget. Leatherwood? The what? Leatherwood? Leatherwood's going to be a second round pick. Maybe. I don't think, again, a lot of Bengals fans like him. If you're listening, you probably really like Alex Leatherwood. I don't think he'll be there at 37. Again, that's what I'm saying. He might not, might not last that long. But he might not even last in the second round. Right. And my thing is, if and I haven't even said this yet, but if the Bengals go Pitts or Chase at five, the majority of teams in the NFL have in the back of their mind the Bengals have to go line in round two. So it wouldn't surprise me if they go target at five. One team just jumps right the fuck in front of the Bengals. Yeah. It says, hey, we're going to take a lineman because we know that you're going to take one at 37. Right. Uh, I'm just saying I think there's enough options of guys that, again, I'm going with potential. Yes. There's enough guys at line in this draft that have the potential to be really good. Yeah. That even at if, least, even if t- you get your third or fourth favorite out of that group, he might end up being the best one. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, you don't know until it pans out. <clears throat> but I think there's so many good linemen in the draft that it's worth risking not having the best of the best for the fourth best who might be the best of the best. And again, I think all this pits talk could end up being for nothing because one of, a couple of things might happen. Falcons might take him. Maybe. They might take a quarterback. It's like 
the draft to me starts the the intrigue of the draft starts, starts at four. Starts at four with the Falcons. Yep. And it's gonna restart right at five with the Bengals. There, I don't think there's gonna be much intrigue at six with the Dolphins because the Dolphins are going to take whoever the Bengals don't take between Sewell and Chase. I mean, uh, fairly safe, yeah. Again, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see. I think this is gonna be an all time draft. Uh, yeah, I think this one will be very interesting. I think the the draft day trades will be crazier than what we've seen for They've a while. Already been crazy because the Dolphins had. I was like, I was sub teaching one day, the day the Dolphins traded down from three to twelve, because I was. Concerned that the Dolphins were going to take Sewell at three, and when the, when they when San Francisco traded up from twelve to three, I ran around the classroom. I was, I had a planned period. There were no kids in the room. <laughs> if there were, that'd be really weird. But I was like jumping up and down, like yeah. And uh, was it? I'm training Darnold away that gave a little bit more leeway. Yeah. I think, yeah, well, it, like, pretty much guarantee that the Jets are going to get Zach Wilson out of right. BYU. So, I mean, I, I get I get the flavor of where most people are at with it. I just, I have that tendency to look at everything as, like, you're drafting someone who could be there for 10 years. If I'm looking at 10 years, I want the guy with the most upside. The guy with the most potential. Yes, this year's need is... I see... I think Sewell, to me, has the balance, has the best balance of upside and fills a need. That's why I'm on Team Sewell. Upside and fills a need. And, and again, I have... If they draft Sua, it's not going to be like, damn. I'm just saying, if it were me, my the way my brain works, I'm like. And you're normally an O-line guy. Yeah, I, I, I think most people would assume that I would go, yes, take Sua, blah, blah. I just don't see enough difference between him and the next three, four guys behind him where you have to take him at five. I'm I think there's what, no perfect place to draft Penny Sewell. No, and but again, I, it's so rare to have a, a draft with this many potential. Think all right. Think about it this way. Let's think the first three teams on the board. If they all had good quarterbacks, we would be looking at four linemen going first. Well, yeah, because. Because NFL teams are realizing that, like, they need a franchise quarterback so badly that they're willing to sell the house, even though they don't have much. The 49ers, I think the 49ers have pieces. I don't think they're just a quarterback away. No. I I like their receiver core a lot. I almost could make a good argument for them taking Sua. No. Filling a minute right? No. Moving some of those guys? No. 
again, I get... They just paid Trent Williams so much goddamn money. I don't think... Well, first of all, they traded up nine spots. I understand. Here's here's my thinking. <clears throat> if you're the 49ers and you're thinking three, down, three years down the road... With the contract you have for him right now, are you going to want to re-up that if he doesn't? I don't see... And again, I don't see... <clears throat> the, the the trade the 49ers made was three first-round picks and a third-round pick. Right. I don't see them spending on... I, I'm not saying I think that's something that likely is to happen. What I'm saying is... In my head, I can picture where... <clears throat> if something didn't go the way they wanted. Like, let's just say they're absolutely not sold on uh, BYU. Zach Wilson? <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's going to be between Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Right. All right. Fair. And potentially Trey Lance. <clears throat> I don't see Trey Lance going to three. I don't either. But let's just say they're not sold on whatever, and they're hoping for something weird, da 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 Again, this is like a, a very outside weird kind of – look at it, but if something didn't go the way they wanted and they were like, well, fuck it. If we're going to spend the money, why not spend it on blah, blah, blah. Just the way they have done things in the past. Yeah. They've kind of done a little more safe play. Again, I I don't think it's even reasonable. Kind of a dumb thing for me to bring up, but I could understand the idea of them being like, well, fuck it, we'll just take him because whatever we wanted to have, you know, whatever the first, second, or if the second pick isn't what they wanted it to be. Well, like you were saying, I guess that, like you said, it's probably not going to happen, but like with the deep tackle class, there are guys you could get, you could potentially get Rashawn Slater at 12. You could potentially get Christian Derrissaw at 12. Easily. If the bank, if, and again, we haven't even brought up the fact that the Bengals could trade the pick. They're probably not going to because Tobin said they, they're not going to trade away the opportunity to draft a premier player. Which a lot of Bengals fans are like, that means they're taking my guy. I'm like, that means they're taking Pitts. That means they're taking Chase. That, just, that means to Bengals fans, they're interpreting that as they're taking the guy who I think, I, Steve Bengals fan, think yeah. is the premier player. And, I mean, Tobin did say it before and they still traded, so... They traded who? Um, what was it? The uh, fuck! I literally just had this conversation with Thomas around me at work, and now I'm. Is he like, when they traded back? Um. Oh. Um. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I want to say when they got Malaga, but I don't think that's correct. I know exactly what you're talking about. Billy Price. Yeah, because he basically said they weren't trading back that year, and then it still happened. I remember that. <clears throat> yeah, they had a pretty high pick that year, and they traded back to get Billy Price. I remember that. <clears throat> but, but yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't see them trading back. I mean, if they got a good enough offer... Yes, the offer... And I've brought this up a couple times to people, like... The offer's gotta be stupid. Well, I mean, let's just say there's a team that's assuming, you know, 
Atlanta's not taking XYZ. You know who I think I brought up potentially a team that needs a quarterback? I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots try to make a move up. For a quarterback, I would, just because that's not something they normally... Yeah. Well, they do. They are going to have a need of quarterback. Actually, they signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal. Do you think if the fifth quarterback slips, they take him at five? Or they take him at 15? Potentially. It's going to be one, two, three. Maybe four. After that... If you see another one in the first 20, it'll be someone trading around. It's going to be, yeah, someone's going to, if someone slips, someone, like, because all five quarterbacks have been brought up as top five picks. Yeah. At different points, at different times, with Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones, and Lance. If someone slips, don't be surprised if, because Washington, if I'm not mistaken, is enamored with Trey Lance. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they move up a little bit and sell a little bit of house because they have a better receiver core with McLaurin and a guy who I wanted for the Bengals really bad was Curtis Samuel. Yeah. They're better. First of all, I hate Dan Snyder, but... <clears throat> well, I mean, who does that? But... Yeah, he's the worst. But I wouldn't be surprised if Washington moves up. Yeah, and I mean, there's a couple other teams out there that have some... Wild histories. Chicago. Yeah. Oh, they keep hyping Dalton up as QB1, and it's so goddamn funny. Well, I mean, I'd love to see what he could do with a real line and a good running game. I, I, I did kind of call David Montgomery's late-season surge last year, which yeah. is kind of fun. Uh, and you kind of have to... Uh, the receiver core doesn't... Wow. No. But it also doesn't crazy underwhelm. Like, Allen Robinson is a fantastic receiver. I'm sure he's not thrilled with Andy Dalton. And then they had, what, like one or two guys that were out on injury for most of the year last year in their receiving core, if I remember right. Who, let's see... Um... Maybe they're thinking that some of the guys coming back will be... Oh, yeah, after Allen Robinson, it's like... Okay, Darnell Mooney's fine, but, like, Anthony Miller, he's okay. A lot of guys who are okay. Yeah, and but, I mean, they're a run first team. They've never really had that standout quarterback. You can make the legitimate argument that the best QB in Bears history is Jay Cutler. Gross, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're kind of like the Alabama of the NFL. Run heavy team. No. No, no, not success wise. I'm saying that the style. Yeah, they've always emphasized like smash mouth run. They're like they're like the Steelers, like little brother. Fuck the Steelers. Yeah, I agree. I, I, well. The Steelers are more of a passing offense. Well, I mean, but they're a smash mouth team is more what I'm getting at. Like that yeah. rough. The Bears have wanted to be that since. They won with Walter Payton. And, you know, they got that, like, dead gut chip on their shoulder kind of. 
fuck my dicka. I agree, but <laughs> you know, you get you understand what I'm saying. Yes. They're, they're they like to portray themselves as that kind of smash mouthy, tough team. Yes. And they try to emphasize the run. I mean, they've done not always the best at picking the right guys to fill that role. Cedric Benson was a guy that they tried to pick. And then tried to make him play in a way that he was not. God rest his soul. Yeah, just tried to make him play in a way that he was not. Who else did they drafted really high? Not a bunch of memorable ones, which is... They want their next Walter Payton. Yeah, and... Again, if you're if you're pinning your play style on a thing, yeah, it's it's gonna have a certain outcome pretty regularly. Like, you know, Alabama doesn't produce great quarterbacks. No, never. And I don't know why people think Max Jones is different. And with the Jets I was watching McAfee today. I watch a lot of Pat McAfee. You smirk. You don't like McAfee. He just seems like a tool bag to me. I don't Oh yeah, he's he's a total tool bag, but he's a fun tool bag. And I'm a I'm a fun tool bag. I just, I just doesn't do anything for me as far as he was. I was watching a video of him on the on the Jets day because he brought up like the fact that the Jets have always like they've never had they've tried to like draft quarterbacks high and they've never been able to. Yeah, you drink a lot of Coke at Sailor Jerry, so go pizzle. But they've drafted a lot of quarterbacks high and none of them have like really panned out to, like, long-term starters. Like, Sanchez took him to a couple AFC Championship games, but then he just kind of fell off after that. Like, it was, like, AFC champion, two straight AFC Championship games, then he ran into a guy's ass, and all of a sudden his career was over. And then I remember seeing that play live, and it was incredible. Yeah, it was rough. No, it was fun. I'll take it. And and then you drafted Sam Darnold high. Drafted, I think, like Bryce Petty at one point from Eucla in the fourth round or something like that. Fourth or fifth round, I forget. But then you drafted Darnold high, who Darnold still has a goddamn world of potential to me. I think it's a little premature that they got rid of him. You think so? I think... It- I don't like the return that the Jets got for Darnold. I I don't know that they had what they needed to let him be. If they're willing to change the way they're doing things for him, I think he could be successful there. Otherwise, yeah, make the movie you did and just move on to something that fits what you're trying to do better. But I, I agree with you. I think he has a lot of upside still. I think he does too. Is he, he's still like, what, 24, 25? Yeah, he's not a... He's fine. He, I mean, the potential's there, for sure. Yes. I think he'll do fine with the Panthers. But it'll be interesting to see how it pans out, because he has... Um, But yeah, um, you know, I mean, you want to discuss... You know, do you think, so we'll... Wrap up the Sewell Chase discussion because we talked about Pitts for a little bit. Yep. What was so? You think Sewell is the most likely selection at five? Yeah. I think so too. I think he's the one that like 
if they get Sewell at five, I would like a target in round two. Yeah, I just, I don't, I'm not as enamored with a lot of the choices. You could see some slips. Yeah. You hope. There's like Kadarius Tony, Rondale Moore, um, who else? Uh, what, North Carolina, Deami Brown, um, there was one more guy, Rashad Bateman, I don't think he'll slip out of the first round. Probably not. No. no. Um, maybe Fryermuth, but after that, I I do agree that the Lyman class is deep. Yeah, I I just to me it seems seems very safe to pick Sewell. Yeah, because you got the anchor for Burrow for ten years. Yeah, at least. Hopefully, I mean, because you like a guy we haven't even brought up yet. Fucking Pollock. If you get... Because Frank Pollock... What what makes me think the Bengals are going to draft Sewell... Pollock and Sewell were working at Sewell's Pro Day together. Right. They were running drills together. That's telling. Yeah, I I agree. That's that's why I said I think he's most likely... And I don't, I, I don't hate it. I don't... It's not like I'm like against it in any way. I'm... Perfectly fine if that's where they go. Yep. Yeah, I'm getting kind of tired too, so we'll we'll wrap this up. I gotta go home and edit this real quick. But I gotta work in six hours and sixteen minutes. I gotta work in seven hours and fourteen minutes. So, do you think? Let's do percentages and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Percentage they draft Penny Sewell. I'm gonna say sixty. I'm going to say 60 as well. Jamar Chase. I'm going to hope 20 tops. I'm going to hope if it comes down to a, let's say, whatever, a Falcons takes a four, whatever. Yeah, because if it came down to picking between Chase and Pitts, I would hope they would see that there's way more potential for Pitts than Chase. Yes. I say. I'm going to say 25 chase, 15 pits. That's probably, yeah, that's probably closer to what it actually is. I just. It's okay. So I'll say this joke and then we'll do the plugs and the the predictions and bullshit. The Bengals, the, the top of the first round to me is an embarrassment of riches. The Bengals are in arguably the best position in the draft. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe other than the Falcons. Yeah, I was going to say, the Falcons and Bengals are definitely vying for that spot. It's like you're choosing between Penny Sewell, who is a safe and protective pick, versus Chaser Pitts, who, is more, who are more sexy picks. Right. So it's basically like you're on The Bachelor, and you have to choose between a girl who loves a da- her dad and a girl who hates her dad. That's fair. I, I've never seen The Bachelor, but I, I'm, I'm trying to piece it together in my head how that works. But yeah, that's if you ha- if you hate your daddy, mean it means you have daddy issues. Oh no, no, no. I, trust me, I you know I excel in girls with daddy issues. That is my. <laughs> I'm a girl with daddy issues. 
And I've always maintained that if I really wanted to fuck you, I would. Hey, Lloyd. Huh? Do you want to go fuck? It's up to me. <laughs> this is why we have such a good dynamic. It is fun. It it's is. really fun. <clears throat> yeah. So I think me, 60, 60 Sewell, 25 Chase, 15 Pitts. Yeah, I'm going to say 60, 20, 20, just to make myself feel better, but you're probably closer to correct. Yep. So yeah, we'll wrap it up. We'll do some predictions and bullshit. We're so literally right at the hour 50 mark. Um. Yeah, so again, 60 Chase, 25 Pitts, 14.99, or I'm sorry, 25 Chase, 14.99 Pitts, 0.01% Sarah Fuller. Kick yep. her out of Vanderbilt. The, What's your bold prediction? Bold prediction. Uh, Bengals take pits, and he lives up to every bit of the hype. I wouldn't be surprised. I I know Pitts more than likely is going to live up to the hype. My honestly got prediction for Pitts, 8 to Carolina. Not a bad yeah, not a bad call. Because their starting tight end is something called a Dan Arnold. And he was a Cardinal last year, and he was an underwhelming one at that. Might as well have been Dan Aykroyd. Man. Yeah, Arnold's one of two wild and crazy guys. Is that the right sketch? It was, was it Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd? Um, let's, just, let's just keep going. Yeah. You got it. You looked very tired. Yeah, I'm. I'm tapped. Yep. Uh, we'll do some pluggity plugs. Um, when this comes out, April fourteenth, tomorrow, in about twenty one hours, actually twenty twenty hours, I will be at Helium Comedy Club in Indianapolis, Indiana. Gonna tell some jokey jokes. Uh, April fifteenth. Uh, Lloyd and I are going to be recording with Dave Mason from Bet Online. We're going to be doing a little virtual episode. He, for some reason, can't show his face, so it's going to be like a little. Um, oh yeah, it's really weird. Uh, but it's just going to be like an audio interview. But also, right after that, I will be April fifteenth at eight o'clock. I will be at Revel in OTR for Late Night Revelations. It's Zach Wyckoff and David Chimisaro. Uh April 28th, we might be doing like a little locker room thing. We might, or April 29th, could be doing a little locker room thing. Or I'm sorry, the 29th and 30th. Yeah. We could be doing a little locker room thing with um, Lloyd and me. We could be talking draft. Could We're going to try to reach out to James Rapine again. It'd be um, nice. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I don't know if I have any other plugs right now. <clears throat> I think that's it. Um... Yeah, stay tuned. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you to Sports Drink. Absolutely. Thank Love you, guys. Thank you, Daddy Andrew Stevens, for being the absolute best. Um, Bet online, locker room, Canon sunglasses, y'all. Thank you for supporting us and our bullshit. This was fun. This was a, this was fun. Was a good time. really good. Like we talked a lot about football. Yeah, a lot like, more football than we do normally. We go off on comedy rants and whatever. I I, I like the amount of. Football you want to talk about had. comedy for two hours before you go to bed? No. <laughs> um, Lloyd, I think we have one, only have one thing left to say. Fuck, Fuck you, COVID-19. We like the Bengals. Why, man?
Fuck you. We like the Bengals.